0: So much better Since I laid my burdens down And the devil don't like it No, he don't like it Since I laid my burdens down My burden's down, well, I've got joy and peace, oh, sweet joy and peace, since I lay my burden's down. Come on now. Well, glory, glory, that's right. Hallelujah. I lay my burdens down Give Him a hand of praise. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Welcome to service. Amen. We just invite you all to join in with all your hearts. Amen. It's going to take all of us to warm this building up, ain't it? Amen. I'm sure it feels kind of strange to be over in a different place. Sometimes I feel like we're the children of Israel, wandering to and fro to have a church here and have church there. But i tell you what, wherever I am and wherever I find myself, I want to be ready to praise Him. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Can you gonna give, give it your all? Hey Amen. Let's sing this little song as I travel through this pilgrim land. Hey Amen. Jesus, hold my hand. As I travel through
0: this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me. Well, he leads me safely through the sinking sand. He is the cry of Calvary. Well, this. My prayer to Lord each day, help me do the best I can. For I need thy light to guide me day and night. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Oh, Jesus, hold my hand. Will I need thee every eye? While through this pilgrim land, oh Lord, protect me by thy saving power, and hear my feeble plea, oh Lord. Look down on me, and when I kneel in prayer, oh, I hope to meet you there, blessed Jesus, oh my hand, will let me travel in the light divine, that I may see the blessed way, and keep me, may be holy, thine and sing redemption song someday, and I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand and as I onward go and daily meet the full, blessed Jesus hold my hand oh Jesus hold my hand will I need the every hour while pilgrim land, O oh Lord, protect me by thy saving power, and hear my people plea. Dear Lord, look down on me, and when I kneel in prayer, oh, I hope to meet you there, Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. And when I wander through that valley Dim toward the setting of the sun will lead me safely to the land Of arrested by a crown of life Have a war See, I have put my faith in Thee, dear Lord That I may reach the golden and there's no other friend on whom I can depend. Blessing Jesus, hold my hand. Oh, Jesus, hold my hand. Will I need the every eye. Well, now. Protect me by Thy saving power. Hear my feeble plea, O Lord. Look down on me. And when I kneel in prayer, Oh, I hope to meet You there. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Once again now. Well, Jesus. I me the every eye, and out through this pilgrim land, protect me by thy saving power, for oh, hear my feeble plea, dear Lord, look down on me. I kneel in prayer, I hope to meet you there, blessed Jesus, hold my hand, amen, do you love him? Glory to God, hallelujah,
1: hold my hand, dear Jesus, amen. Let's sing the song, if you're in the battle for the Lord and right.
0: Well, if you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the Firing line, and if you'd win, my brother, surely you must fight. Just keep on the firing line. Oh, there are many dangers that we all must stay. If you die fighting, it is no disgrace. Coward in the service, he will. So keep on the fire in line Well he must fight Be brave against all evil Never run for even back behind And if you would wait for God in the right Just keep on that fire in line Now God will only use a soldier and trust, alright. Keep on the firing line. And if you wear a crown and bear the cross, you love just keep on the firing line. See, life is but the labor for the master, Help to banish evil and to spread good cheer. Great be Rewarded for your service, dear, so keep on that firing line. Well, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you have been for God in the right, just keep on firing line. Well, when we get to heaven, brother, you'll be glad. That's right. Keep on the firing line. And how we'll praise the Savior for the call we had. Just keep on the firing line. The souls that we have helped to win. up, sin, with the shout of welcome we will all march in, oh keep on firing! in come on, you must fight, be brave, against all evil, never run, oh even lag behind, of my salvation I can My salvation, I can run through the truth and me over, oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah. Come on, give Him another hand of praise. Hallelujah, praise You, Jesus. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, we give You glory, amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing, let's change the service just a little bit. We're going to sing the power of His love, amen.
0: Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed and renewed, flowing from the grace.
1: Come on, sing with me now with all your hearts. Oh, yes, in you.
0: I've come to
1: altar at this time, amen, I'd like to ask Brother Johnny Reynolds if he would make his way to the front to take these needs to the Lord for us, amen, hallelujah, we definitely want to remember (coughs) Sister Becky in prayer this morning, Uh, she's got the virus and we just want to hold her up in special prayer that God would touch her body, amen, remember Brother Fulcher, Brother Ernest Fulcher as well, (coughs) have a special prayer request here for Brother Mitchell Buchanan. Brother Johnny, if you'd be making your way up front, thank you. I want to remember him in prayer. Amen. Um, That's all I have in front of me at this time. I know there's many others, amen, in your own families throughout. Do you have any unspoken prayer requests? Amen, by the uplifted hands. God knows your need, friend. Wherever you are, if you're joining us by the Internet, if you've got your hand up, God sees you. God sees your heart and that need, amen, and we're going to pray with you that God will touch that. Thank you.
2: For each one that's absent today that wanted to be here but couldn't. Lord, we think. we just pray that your your peace and your spirit would fill their hearts, Lord. Father, we believe that your word is true, Lord. And that the word you placed in the mouth of our minister, Lord, each one of our ministries is effective, Lord, and Will bear fruits in our lives may you bless the service Lord and each heart that's here Lord may you feel each need we love you father and we want you to know that you're all we need we thank you Lord and may you bless the service of each one of us throughout the coming weeks Lord to strip the world away and let us worship you in truth. Thank you, in Jesus Christ's name. We pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Johnny. You can have your seats for
1: a few moments. Amen. Let's sing the song together. Fill my cup. Amen. Just want the Holy Spirit to come down and give us all a cleansing touch this morning. Amen.
0: Fill my cup.
1: the Word has in store for us. Amen. I believe all hearts and minds are ready for the Word. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Here we are in His presence. Q of G, I think.
0: Here we are in Your presence.
3: second brothers if you don't mind Uh, we greet y'all in the name of the Lord Jesus this morning it's certainly good to have all of you here and uh, we welcome all of you to the fellowship hall actually this is no more the fellowship hall this is our new sanctuary and uh, we're going to be in here for a little while and I really do appreciate uh, the work that's gone into making it as comfortable and as nice as what we have Uh, I mean it could be a whole lot worse we could be sitting on folding chairs And uh, the brothers brought everything out, and uh, we appreciate that. And I came in this morning, and it sounded so nice. It just sounded really balanced and nice and warm, and uh, it was just such a nice presence that I came through the door there, and it was really great. brother Jeremy, we appreciate that and your crew and and John and all the work that's been done to get us uh, into this place. Brother Tom was just saying to me that, you know, how many churches around the world would love to have a fellowship hall like this? Uh, to be able to use, and you know, in a case like this, it, it allows us to be able to renovate very quickly, quicker, and uh, be able to get back in there again. Plus, plus, the color scheme here, I was looking at that from the back, the color scheme here is going to really make you appreciate the new color scheme over in the sanctuary. And uh, we appreciate uh, the, the planning and the work that's gone on over there. Uh I'm not going to be speaking this morning. I did not know if I was going to be here today uh, b- with looking after Sister Becky. I've been a caretaker for the last uh, 14 days, and uh, this is the 14th day. And uh, Sister Becky has really gone through it and uh, just uh, really does appreciate everybody's uh, care and attention. She wrote a letter to you, and she wanted me to pass this along to you today. So I'm writing this. I'm sending this from her. She said, words cannot adequately express my thankfulness and appreciation for each of you at Hickory Bible Tabernacle over these last two weeks during my and my dad's sickness with COVID-19. I really do believe that your prayers are what brought my dad out of the hospital and home again. And I'd have to say amen to that. It had to be the hand of God. I believe it had to be the hand of God and uh, just his mercies that allowed him to be able to come home. I appreciate every single text, email, and phone call, especially those of you who checked in every day just to see how I was doing. That meant so very much to me. The flowers were a definite bright spot during my week as well. Thank you all so much for being such a caring, loving, and especially a praying group of people. We both are still here today because of your prayers. Sister Becky. And uh, I would just like to underscore all of that and just say that we really do appreciate the help and support. And, uh, you know, several of you said to me, hey, we're willing to take time off work to come up and do what we need to do. Uh, I was actually looking for jobs uh, for, you, for you to do, but uh, we, we managed fine. And we just by the grace of God, we uh, we made it through over the last two weeks. But I would like to say this last last weekend. We had nobody to care for Brother Fulcher when he came home, because he was still positive. Considered positive, it's really hard to find a caretaker to sit with somebody who's positive unless they themselves had the sickness and got over it, uh, and were within a space of three months. I mean, there's many people like the even at home nursing. Uh, groups and so forth, they won't they won't even come into your house if you have a positive patient. So it was really, really uh, a, a tough one for us, and we didn't know what to do. Uh, we were, I asked a doctor, and the doctor said, hey, I'm scratching my head. I don't know what to do. And uh, you know, we, we were just pondering and wondering what we should do. All of a sudden, Sister Julia pipes up and sends us a text and said, hey, I'd be glad to come if you need me to help and sit with Brother Fulcher and blah, blah, blah and came on Friday, stayed Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, went home, and filled in that gap until he was considered safe for other caretakers to come. And never had met Brother Fulcher before, and lives to tell about it. (laughs) And just got in there and, you know, made meals and did everything that was necessary. I tell you, you you talk about an answer to prayer. uh, Sister Julia, that really was, and, and we can't express... Our thanks enough. We've done it many, many times. But, uh, you know, sometimes you're wondering, uh, you know, how do we get out of this? But there's one who watches over every situation, and he always has an answer. And we found that. We saw that over the last couple of weeks. So we really do appreciate all the help and the the angels that were sent to us. And and, uh, may the Lord richly bless you. But don't stop, because, you know, there's not only her, but there's many others as well that, uh that are hurting and some that are in, in great need there's a, a brother and sister Douglas who live in Bluffton Ohio up in Brother Ray Erickson's church and they uh they, brother um uh, brother Smith is very uh very sick. Brother Douglas, sorry, he's very uh, sick and, and just really needs a touch. So they asked us to remember that this morning. Also, as well, if you could remember Brother Ron Spencer. And uh, Brother Ron had a, a spell uh, last evening and uh, had to go uh, be checked out. Uh, but uh, he was doing better today. And uh, they found the results, uh, the testing that they did inconclusive. But uh, he certainly does need a, a touch from the Lord. Um, I wanted to say this as well. Uh, It's it's great to have uh, some folks back who we haven't seen in a while. And one of them is Dana Marlene Price. Is it Merlene Price? God bless you. uh, Great to have you here from Navarre, Florida, right? Good to have them with us uh, this morning. May the Lord richly bless them. Uh, we, I, I just wanted to share this testimony, and I didn't do this publicly before, but uh, with uh, Brother Jeff Jackson, uh, who's in the back here today, uh, Brother Jeff had some issues which were related to his thyroid and gone through a number of different things. And finally, they did a biopsy on it and did several extensive tests for uh, his thyroid. And when they um, when they uh, got to the end of their testing, and we were praying for Jeff, and we were just waiting to share that need, but uh, we were praying for Brother Jeff. And then when they got to the end of it, it was more of a medication issue, a complication or a side effect from a medication that he was taking. And so they've adjusted that, so Brother Jeff is... Uh, back on deck and so we're very thankful for that and didn't have to have any further uh, treatment on that issue so we're thankful for that we want to remember sister april grant brother roger gibbs the smiths uh, we also want to remember the drums and sister greg the ivies who are away uh, sister shirley sister karen brother brian sister amber who are not here today bill and Sindley walters are in florida and uh, the hughes and we still have others that uh, haven't mentioned but uh we want to remember uh, the rest of the body. And uh, as uh, Brother uh, Jaron said, we want to remember Mitchell as well. But uh, God is good, and we know that he answers prayer. We also know that he watches over us. And so we're thankful for that. Now, we don't have a... a one last thing. We, you, know, you know we don't have a cry room in here. Uh, so if you want to cry, uh, you either have to cry quietly or... Uh, you can see the deacons back out there. uh you know we're just gonna try to facilitate everyone who cries because in the sanctuary here or in this sanctuary, it's loud uh and everything is a little louder than it is in the in a normal sanctuary. So we understand that sometimes kids get uh you know uh out of sorts, and uh we understand that so if you have to slip out. Uh, you can slip out there and the deacons will uh, help orient you and uh, try to find a little spot there for you to get things settled and then bring them back into the assembly as quick as we can because we want to have them ideally we want to have them in here right we want to have the kids in here so uh, we we are going to have to make some adjustments we are going to have to make some changes while we're in here but uh, you know you folks are very adaptable people and and uh very cooperative and patient and uh, we appreciate that very much but hey this is 2020 right and if it's going to go if, it's, if something's going to go haywire it's going to be 2020 so it's going to be uh change it's going to be 2020 so we appreciate each and every one of you being here today why don't we stand to our feet and we're going to sing another little chorus and uh, let's sing that one we were just singing here we are in your presence and um we're going to invite brother steve to come and we don't often get brother steve uh these days because he's pretty busy we're also streaming to his assembly up in virginia uh today as well and uh, so he gets to minister to them and to our group as well but uh we are just trusting that the lord will speak uh it isn't so much the, the the personality that really isn't it it's god using the gift to minister to you and so you have to think about it as lord this is your gift and this is your word, and I'm just expecting and drawing on that gift this morning for what I have need of. And I'll tell you what, I, God is God is faithful, God is good. He knows exactly where you are, knows exactly what you're going through. And I can assure you, he loves you. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. So let's sing it again this morning, and we'll invite Brother Steve to come uh, today. Here we are.
4: i
5: church? There's no better place to be. You believe that? There's really no better place to be. There's a lot of other places we could be, but I don't think there's any better place to be than in church. It's good to see you all. It's good to be here today. I'd like to ask you, while you're standing, if you turn with me, thank you musicians, I'd like to ask you to turn with me to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew chapter five, and I'd like to Read in verse 13, starting in verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, in verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out, and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is on set on a hill and cannot be hid. And neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But a candlestick it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And think not that I am come to destroy the law. Or the prophets I am am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass away one jot and one tittle, Shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, And shall teach men so, He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same, Shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you'd bow your heads, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful for the, the word that you have given us. And we are thankful for the privilege to be able to live it out. And so this morning, we give these few moments into your hands, and we ask that your Spirit would have the preeminence among us. That You'd you'd speak to us as only You can in the way that we need to be spoken to. And I pray that You'd give us the courage to hear it and to act upon it. Let us be doers and not just hearers only. And so I pray that we could open our hearts to the Word of God and be subject to the same and by doing that, we could glorify your name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we ask these things and we give this service into your hands. We give one another, we give each other into your hands. And in your name do we pray, amen. Amen. You can have your seats. Thank you for standing with me. It's good to be here with you today. And um, the church in Christiansburg, we're still shut down um, We had to shut down for the last two weeks because we had kind of a a spread of of COVID through the church, which was unfortunate, but everybody is doing well, which we're very thankful for. Uh, So Sister Sarah and I were able to be here today and to speak to you, and so the the assembly there is listening in, Um, and uh, then we're just going to slip out right after. We're trying to minimize our exposure just for their sake and uh, and that, but uh, it's really good to see you, and it's good to be here. I trust everybody's doing well. I, uh, I guess I can still say Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Thanksgiving being Thursday, I, I guess I can still say that. I wish you a Happy Thanksgiving. I think um, I feel like it just kind of blew over. I think the, it just kind of caught the world by surprise and it just kind of passed on by. And I think Thanksgiving is one of the most important holidays of, of the year, just in what it represents, what it means. And uh, every Thanksgiving, I was thinking on Thursday, I was just sitting there and I was thinking of, uh, I always think of the verse in Timothy. I believe it's First Timothy in chapter um, 6, I believe, when it says, uh, Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. And I think that's really true. Having food and having raiment. You have food. We have plenty of food. Everybody's got food. Too much food. And having raiment, having clothing. We've all got clothes. Be there with content. We, we have, if you think about it, we have everything we need. And if you don't have everything we need, we have an assembly that can give to the necessity of the saints as needed. But if, if you think about it, we've got more than enough of, of what we actually need. And I've, I feel like Thanksgiving is a time to count your blessings. Because we all have so many. We all have so many blessings. And, and if, if you don't have any stuff, which we've all got stuff, we're Americans then you have each other. And if you don't have a family, then you have each other. You have friends. You have your church. You have your assembly. And that sense of community speaks to an individual soul, I think, more than we realize. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to gather like this and to, to count our blessings at how much we can actually go back over, if you think about it, just in the run of a day, from your car to your clothes to what you eat to your family, to your job, uh, just and how much you can actually thank God for in in the run of a given day. It's amazing. And I think this Thanksgiving would be a good time. And I think, especially this year, given the the amount of anxiety and um, uh, uh, things that are within the world, I, I think a great deal of anxiety and depression, but anxiety as well, can be cast aside with Thanksgiving, with gratefulness. And perhaps the two terms are synonymous with thanksgiving and, and gratefulness. And I think um, uh, uh, just in what we have to be thankful for, uh, you can cast aside a lot of the anxiety that you have because of perhaps a lack of job at the moment or because you have uh, someone is ill or because there's something going on. I was, um, I was thinking uh, just on the way here, there's a, a, a lady in our uh, assembly and her... Um, As a result of COVID, in March, her her parents were in a nursing home, and they shut down the nursing home. So she was not able to visit her mom and dad in the nursing home since March. Uh, A couple, about a month ago, her father contracted COVID and passed away, and she was not able to see them. So she hadn't seen them since March, and her father was isolated as a result of of, of COVID, so he died alone. The very next week... Her mother contracted COVID and also died, and I preached both of those funerals um, for those individuals. And I begin to think about that sister, and um, when we think of COVID and the pandemic for her, it's a very real thing. Um, for some, it hasn't perhaps it hasn't even affected you as all, at all, but for others, it's it's caused them to have a very difficult Thanksgiving this year. And um, you know i think regardless of what this year 2020 perhaps has given to you or taken away from you or brought to you i think even in the midst of, of all of that we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth because we have a hope that is greater than anything else that we can we could possibly imagine facing and that hope can carry you through and that that faith that you have faith is Sure, it's the substance of the things we hope for. It's the reality of the things that, were, that are not seen. It's the evidence. So faith is, is sure, but hope is that trust and reliance that he who said he would, would, would do it. And we have every promise in the book. It's ours. I think we should be the, most hap- that we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. That's a, very, that's a strange statement to make in 2020, but it's true. It's really true. So happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I would like to uh, just jump into what's on my heart, and the, the, my my assembly who are listening, they're probably um, going to say, "Why on earth is he talking about that again?" It's because I've had this thought on my heart uh, to the point that I can't I can't get away from it, and oftentimes that will be the case, um, where the Lord will just be uh, pushing you in a different direction or a certain direction uh, specifically concerning perhaps a a few passages of Scripture, and that's what's happening to me. So, uh, I want to go over this with you. If you don't mind, um, turn over to Ephesians, chapter 5. And I want to read just a a quick verse there. Ephesians, chapter 5. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. The fifth chapter in verse 25 Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This term, uh, a glorious church, Uh, which is the term that's been on my heart for the past couple weeks. When you read this verse or when you read this term, uh, perhaps different things may come to each of your minds. When you see the term a glorious church, um, to present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, not having wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy, that it should be without blemish. Uh, just perhaps because of the terminology that's used, you, you might automatically assume or think or be drawn to the, the perfect, the quintessential perfect believer. The person who is without fault, they do everything right, they look like a believer, they act like a believer, they're just that perfect believer. Perhaps that may be what comes to your mind when you think of that term, the glorious church, that Christ presents to himself. It doesn't have spot, it doesn't have wrinkle it's it's a very specially crafted uh, uh, church you might think that you might have this concept and I, I think I've even said this here before I believe many times we have this concept of ourselves that is out there in the future that we uh, uh, t- that we want to become so there's this person that's just out of reach that we want to be and I think part of that is our our, our uh, 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 re- perhaps a recollection of our theophany and and that a building that's not made with hands but it's it's there and it's that being that is perfect that we just it's just out of reach that we want to have we want to be like that we want to be without fault we don't want to say the things that we say it's that it's that person that is us that is just out of reach and perhaps maybe that's what comes to mind when it, when the, the term glorious church is there and i think um uh When you look at yourself even, just in the the present condition that you are in this morning, you may have a, a difficulty reading that term, a glorious church, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, holy, pure unto the Lord. You may have trouble associating yourself with that. I want to tell you a story for a moment. You don't need to turn if you would like to, but it's Luke, the eighth chapter. I'm. I'm not. This is a story that you're uh, perhaps uh, not unfamiliar with. I know that you know it. I. Uh, I don't even know if I've told this, uh, gone through this story here. I don't know, but it's. It's on my heart, and I, I wanted to uh, share it with you. Um, Luke, the eighth chapter, and what we find here, and I'll, I'll just paraphrase for the sake of time. Um, what we find in in, in this uh, uh, passage of scripture. Uh, Jesus is coming across Galilee and there's a storm there. Um, there is, uh, you know, different things that happen. Um, uh, there's Mount Transfiguration. There's a sermon um, on the child. There's a, a, a few different things that happen here in the, in the following chapters. We can see what happens to Jesus before um, in, in chapter 7, in chapter 8. Um, he's going around Galilee. Jesus is kind of traveling around and one in one time he comes across Galilee, and he goes to the place of the uh, Jersseans, and Jersseans is um, uh, uh, also known as Gadara in the Scripture. So Jesus comes across, he finds he comes to this place called Gadara, and uh, I, I remember this place. We d- drove by it, and those of you who have been to Israel, perhaps you remember what it looks like. Gadara is a rocky place. It's a very um, uh, hilly place and it, you can look out over the expanse of Galilee. And Galilee is just a big lake. It's not really a, a, a sea. Uh, so you can see to the other side and it's there and it's rocky and it's hilly and it's a, not a very nice place. I don't think I would settle there if I was running around. And Jesus comes across Galilee and he lands at the place of the Gracians uh, And uh, they were there they get out of the boat. They're walking up to the city. The city is back from the, the the water a little bit, and they get out of the boat and they're walking up. And all of a sudden, this man jumps out in front of them, and he's totally naked. Now, I don't know. I know there's some places in Rutherton that can get pretty sketchy, but it, it doesn't really happen a lot around uh, in civilized areas. This is a very strange thing. He was wild. He was a maniac. He jumps out and he's there in front of Jesus and his disciples and they they're caught off guard and they look and he's and he he's there he's there and they're there and they're just kind of looking at each other and for, forgive my um, dramatization of the scene but it just it just and forgive me for it, but just the humanity of the situation it it would it would very much so catch you off guard and so he's there and they're they're just exchanging looks and Now, the thing about this man is that they knew, uh, the people in the town knew all about this guy. He was known as the Maniac of Gadara. And so he was there and um, he was cast out of the city. They would hold him in chains. He lived in the graveyard, which was a place outside of the city. He was not allowed to be around the city. When he got around, he would cause trouble they couldn't hold him down with chains. He was so crazy and maniacal, he would break the chains. And so he just lived like a, um, a, a, a beast of the field um, out, out from the city. So everybody in the city knew about this guy. The, the parents would have said, now listen, you can't go down this road. You can't go near the tombs. You can't do this. Uh, everybody would be familiar with this guy and his present condition. He was a maniac. He was called the Maniac of Gadara. He was a, a crazy guy. And so they were, uh, they were confronted by the Maniac of Gadara. And uh, the devils... Now, what, what I like, and again, I'm just paraphrasing through. You can read this story uh, uh, for yourself. What I, what I find interesting is that the devils... Immediately what happened is the, the devils that were in the Maniac of Gadara, which was called Legion knew exactly whose presence they were in front of. Jesus was there. The disciples were there. And the maniac of Gadara, the the devils, immediately called out. And they said uh, uh, to him, don't torment us anymore. And they said, "Uh, uh, don't torment us anymore. Um, uh, 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 Don't uh, don't cast us into the deep. Let us go into these swine. There was no conversation. The devils didn't say, who do you think you are, Jesus of Nazareth? And this is, uh, this is, the first lesson that you can draw from the story is that, uh, there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that can stand and, and defeat the Lord Jesus Christ. Not even Legion. There was no contest. They simply said, don't, please, don't, don't torment us anymore. We we know we know we have to get out. We know we know where we're standing, who we are standing in front of. Please, just don't let us do this. Can we go into the swine? They immediately go after that. The the devil himself and his demons are are, are um, uh, 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 very aware of who the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is, and it's no it's no less. He is no less the same person today than he was then. And so Satan has no less and no more power today than he did then when he is standing in front of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew exactly, what they, they all knew exactly what they had to do. They said, we know we have to get out. Just please don't let us go here. Let us go there. So Jesus, he casts out the demon. And uh, this, this man was bound by these demons for a very long time. And we, we see him here. Brother Branham, he says in 1954, in the resurrection of Jairus's daughter, which Jesus would leave this scene with the maniac of Gadara and go back across Galilee and then heal Jairus's daughter. So this is why this story was brought up. But Brother Branham says this. He says, The night before that or two, he crossed the sea and the disciples had been very weary and he had stilled the sea for them, crossed all the way over into Gadara where there was a maniac taking the chance of crossing the stormy sea when the devils of the sea swore to drown him that night. But he went over there at the cry of one person. He, Jesus went over there at the cry of one person. One poor maniac lost his mind. Perhaps a good man at one time. Walked upright before God, before, but probably got into the wrong crowd. Might have started drinking or something, and he lost his mind. And he lived out in the tombs where the demons lived and put him in chains and had supernatural powers. He'd break the chains, jump on men, and beat them and kill them if he could when they come by. And that poor fellow maybe, listen, this poor fellow maybe had an old gray-headed mother somewhere praying for him. I like that. Jesus crossed the sea all the way over into Gadara to give mercy to one man and he'd do the same tonight and he'll do the same this morning Amen. I really believe that. Amen. Because of the prayers of, of and Brother Branham was paraphrasing, he said perhaps because of the prayers of a, of a mother pulled Jesus over to that place and healed him from his, from his troubles. Amen. He would do the same then he will do the same this morning. Amen. Good. He's, I believe he's here right now Amen. to touch you, to to understand what you're feeling. And He can help you to overcome what you're dealing with. There's not even legion can stand in the face of Jesus Christ and win. He's powerless in that presence. And if you have the Lord Jesus Christ on your side, then what weapon that's formed against you could possibly prosper? So Jesus, he casts out the demon and he goes, uh, he, he goes on his way. The swine go into the water and they go over the hill. Um, our, our tour guide that was there in Israel, he said something to the effect of, he said, this is most likely the place where this would have happened because in, in uh, uh, um, you know, placement of the city and of the place where the tombs were and etc., this is most likely the place it would be. And it was just a big cliff and the, the, the they go into the swine and the swine go over the, um, uh, the mountain and, uh, and they die, and everyone, uh, there was a few people that had witnessed this. Um, the disciples obviously had witnessed this, uh, but there were obviously going to be a few people that were there at the dock because it was a Galilean city, so obviously the, the dock was very important, fishing, so there would have been uh, travel back and forth. So when the, they were going up into the city, this man jumped out in front of them, so obviously there would have been some people that, that had seen it. So what happened is that everybody that had seen the, the healing take place Bear in mind, this is the maniac of Gadara, as we know him. He's a crazy person. He's very well known in the city. He's healed miraculously, and or, or so they think. And so he goes, uh, uh, The people go into the city and they say, hey, this happened. Jesus of Nazareth is here. And he healed, or apparently healed, the maniac of Gadara. So they all say, wow, that's amazing. Let's go and see. So they go and see. It's the attraction on the mountain. And so they go and see and they look at it and they behold Jesus and he's there and the maniac is there. He's clothed now and he's sitting there and he's probably sitting at the feet of Jesus. And they're all talking and and discussing back and forth and different things. Um, I imagine some of the disciples would have gone and gotten supplies. I have no idea, but I'm just just telling the story as I would see it. Um, And the people uh, get get themselves... um, the people that had seen this happen, they get themselves worked up to a point where they're scared. So they see the maniac there, and he's normal. They've never—perhaps there's generations in that town that had never seen this guy normal. And so they're looking at him, and they're looking at Jesus, and they're looking at the disciples, and they're looking at the flutter of all the things that are happening, and they're saying, "This is there's something weird about this. This is not right." And so they say, "Listen, you have to go. Just just leave." This is great. You know, this is awesome. Just, just get back in your boat and go. And so he does. He gets back in his boat and they go and they heal Jairus' daughter. He's pulled over to another city. But before he goes, this is the interesting thing that, that happens. And I, I want you to see this. In verse, uh, if, if you have it open, it's verse 38. And it says, Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. And Jesus sent him away. In other words... The maniac of Gadara, now just a normal guy, comes to Jesus and he, he uh, it says that he uh, departed. He besought Jesus that he could be with him. So he said, Jesus, make me a disciple. I would like to follow you. I'd like to go with you. This is, I, I mean, I, I just can't describe to you what, what has happened in my life now. Please, can I follow you and can I come with you? And Jesus says this. He says, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. He says, Jesus, I want to be a disciple of yours. Can I follow you and can I come with you? And Jesus says, Absolutely not. No. What I want you to do is that I want you to go back into your city and I want you to live a normal, everyday human life. What I want you to do is that I want you to tell everybody what has happened to you. The the Scripture, what it it says here is the Greek word uh, caruso, I believe I'm pronouncing it right. I just like to say the Greek meanings because it makes me feel smart. And it means to publish. It means to herald, to proclaim, to preach. He says, go back uh, throughout all the city and the whole city and show how great things thou hast done. And he published throughout the city what God had done for him. So, he went back into the city and he preached. He lived his life. He was a normal, everyday guy. He's asking to be a disciple of of Jesus Christ and he says, absolutely not. No, go back to your city, to your town, to your home, work a normal job, live an everyday life, but tell people what I have done for you. This is the maniac of Gadera. Now, just imagine, if you will, for a second, and this is what struck me about the situation, is imagine what it would have been like for him to be in normal clothes to walk through the supermarket for the first time the next day. Yeah. Imagine how everybody must have looked at him. Now, keep in mind, this gentleman had been fully restored. Yeah. He had experienced a true and genuine Restoration. And imagine the stares, the awkwardness, the feelings, the mothers pushing their children off. They're still not certain about them. Keep in mind, this town had just rejected Jesus and sent him away. And Jesus said, I want you to go right back, live a normal life in that town. Not in a town that's going to accept you. I want you to live in that town and I want you to proclaim what I have done for you. And so he does. And he, he publishes it. He proclaims it. He preaches it throughout the entirety of the city. Imagine how he must have felt. The loneliness. I'm sure his family, if he had one, was uh, equally as, as cautious around him. His friends, which are now probably uh, non-existent, were now going to just push him back a little bit. They're not, sure, they're not certain. It's great. I think it's a wonderful thing that's happened to you. It's just not for me. So just, I'm sorry, just keep your distance. Nobody would invite him over for parties. Nobody would have him over for, for coffee. He was just, he was an outcast. It's amazing. Let me ask you a question. What is the one thing that you won't be able to do when you get to heaven? The one thing that you will not be able to do when you get to heaven is share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone who has never heard it. You can do a lot of things, and you will be able to do a lot of things, and I will be doing a lot of things in heaven. But one of them that you will not be able to do is to share the gospel with someone who has never heard it. To share the good news of Jesus Christ and the message of the hour and what it has, is essentially, how it has changed and transformed your life to someone who knows nothing of the goodness and of the grace and of the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the one thing that you will not be able to do on the other side. You can't witness. And that's why we come to... Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 5, and, and even uh, uh, this is why the very last commission that Jesus gives to his, to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 is, uh, um, uh, uh, all power is given unto me in heaven, and go ye therefore unto all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and tell them to observe all of the things that I have commanded you, I, lo, I am with you always, the very last thing that He tells the church is to go into every tongue and nation and I want you to tell them of the goodness of Jesus Christ. The very last thing that Jesus says to us is a commission to us to share the Gospel. Amen. Brother Branham, he says in 1954, looking for Jesus, there is a mission of the church is to preach the Gospel. To demonstrate the power. Amen. Oh, we've passed tracts and everywhere, but that ain't what, what it takes It takes the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost truly. Now, watch that. That is the commission of the church, 1960, in the Philadelphian church age. God never did tell us to build churches and never did tell us to make schools. Listen to this. They're all right. God knows we need them, hospitals and so forth. It's His program. So He never said, now, we don't need to build churches and we don't need to build hospitals, we don't need to build schools. He never said that. He said, God never did tell us to do that. They're okay. Then he goes on to clarify, but the commission of the church is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is, it is the, the, uh, the very evidence of the, re, the, re, um, the, the receiving of the message of the hour as we see in Revelation chapter 10, 8 through 11. We, we tend to stop and focus on Revelation 10.7, which is when the mysteries of, of the, the seventh angel shall begin to sound, the mysteries should be finished. That is the receiving of the message that is the call to the bride of Jesus Christ. But it isn't just the call. There is an, also a response to the call. There is also an action that comes as a result of the receiving of the message of the hour. And that is Revelation 10.8-11, through 11, which is I, I, John, took the book, I ate it and it was in my mouth sweet as honey and in my belly bitter. And then he prophesied to the nations of that which was just happening, which is the redemption story of the bride of Jesus Christ. So the very result of receiving the message of the hour and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ is to go to those who have never heard it and to say, I want to tell you about something that has totally changed my life. I want to tell you about something that has, has altered history as we know it. It's altered altered my history, as I know it. I can tell you that. But it's also altered history as as a whole. And let me tell you about it. That is is exactly what happens when you receive the message of the hour. He says to the maniac of Budera, he he says, I want you to go back and I want you to live a normal life. He didn't say, now I want you to go back and I want you to, to preach this specifically. I want you to do this and this and this and this and this. He said, just go back and be you. He says, go back and be Better said, the new you. He says, go back and live a normal life. You might say, why, why, Steve, are you, are you talking about this? Part of me doesn't even know. Uh, 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 witnessing and, and proclaiming the gospel. But I, I will also tell you this, and this is what is so strong in my heart. Uh, not just uh, for here, but especially for, for Christiansburg. Um, is that I, I believe that there are more hungry and hurting people... Uh, hungry for truth and and hurting people in Hickory than there are anywhere else in the world. We should focus on on other nations. But I believe that Hickory, I believe that Morganton, I believe that Lenore, I believe that Gastonia, I believe that Charlotte, they need to hear the Gospel of of Jesus Christ more than anybody else. I believe that we're surrounded. I I believe that there's more people within 10 miles of a radius of this place that need to know what what it feels like to experience the goodness and grace of God than anywhere else in the world. And thus we come back to our text, which is Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus is preaching and he says, you are the light of the world. And if, if a, light, a light is lit, not just to provide light, a light is lit. And it's very specific in Scripture, which I want to get to in just a second. It's very specific in Scripture that the light is to light the room for those that are in the room. So for those that are in darkness, the light is supposed to give them access to what is in the room. But if you have a candle, of what value is it to hide it under the bushel? It's pointless. It does, it's of no value. So you put, you put the candle out in front of those who are in darkness. And you are the light of the world. So if God is going to reach those around us, then He's going to do it through you. Now, if you just take, just for a moment, all the hope and, and the goodness and the grace and the love of God that has been shared to you and been given to you, and you have the greatest message that has ever dawned the face of the earth, you have that. You, you not only have that, you have the life of Christ that is living inside of you. It, it has changed you. It's helped you. It's, it's given you uh, the, the courage to keep going. It's given you the ability to put one step in front of the other when you didn't see how you could possibly do that. Life is hard. Life is hard in 2020. Life was hard also in 2019, in 2018, in 2017, and 2016. And yet, you're still here. You're still serving the Lord. You're still putting one foot in front of the other. That is nothing but the, the glory and, and the grace of God in your life. And to, to, to have someone else who has never experienced that, Breaks my heart. I'm always reminded of a story. where the Billy Paul said uh, he was in his dentist office one time in his town, very familiar with the Branham family, and uh, he was there. And the dentist uh, comes in, and he uh, he was waiting for his checkup. Um, horrible few minutes if you've ever experienced it. After you get done with the dentist or the the, um, the hygienist, and then the the dentist has to come in and do. Well, I don't even know what he does, but he does something in your mouth again. And so that, that's happened, Brother Billy is uh, uh, sitting there and he's, he's waiting. The dentist comes in and he's got a message book in his hand. And he comes in and he's standing there and he's like, uh, he, he just comes in front of Billy Paul and Brother Billy Paul is laying there and he's like, Billy, is this your dad? Is this your dad? And Billy Paul said, oh yeah, it is. And he, and he said, the dentist just threw it down and he said, how come you never told me about what he preached? How come you never told me that was your dad? Billy Paul said he felt just so small. He said that moment changed him because he realized someone who was so close to him and he never even he never even told him about the message of the hour. It's an amazing thing, Brother Bannum. He says this in 1961, the greatest news flash in history. Now listen carefully. He says now he has come in the form of the Holy Spirit and not to the church, but to the elected church. And we, the church, is to take him to unbelievers. Now, i said this here before. I'll just paraphrase it just for the sake of time. Um, we know that the, the true church of the living God is, are, are those who are baptized into one spirit. Those are, though, those are they who have the Holy Ghost. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And they walk in, in, in the light of the day. As the scripture said, you walk in the light as he is in the light. And Christ is in his own word. And if you take the word and you mix it with man's theology, you have, essentially, you have serpent seed. It doesn't produce the life that God intended it to produce. Only the true, unadulterated word can do that. And so we have the unadulterated word, which we have been restored to through the prophet of Malachi 4. It is a restorative work. It is not a reformation. It is a restorative work. So as a result of being restored to that work, we are in a position where we can realize our true identity in Jesus Christ and assume the fullness of the Word in our own lives, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are baptized into one Spirit as He is. That's the message in 15 seconds. And and that is that church, the true church of the living God, being in this building does not make you a part of the true church of the living God. And he says here, it's not to the church, but to the elected church. The Holy Spirit is for the elected church. So, remember, Branham is identifying. Now, this true church is, as it says in, in the Scripture, where it says uh, uh, in Matthew, did not we cast out devils in your name? And Jesus said, I never even knew you. All throughout Scripture, we see a true vine, we see a false vine. It is from Genesis all the way to Revelations. You can see that there is a church, but there is also an elected true church those that are filled with the holy ghost who god himself draws unto the church he draws them to jesus christ no man can come to the father except uh, uh, no man can come to the son except the father draw him so it's very clear that nobody can come unto the father unless Uh, uh, unto the Son, unless the Father draw him. And he is, the Son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the truth, the life, and the way. So in order to be in the true church, you can come through nothing short of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so having access into that church is to be in the elected church because it was God who placed you there, not man's theology and not the wisdom of man. And the true church of the living God operates on the basis of the Holy Ghost alone, not on the basis of man's wisdom. He says, not to the church, but to the elected church. And we, the church, is to take him to unbelievers. We are the ones that's left to shine, that's to let his life shine through us that others might believe. It's us, Christ in the church, that shines forth his presence to make himself, to makes, to makes him visible to all. Christ shines through the church to make himself visible through all. It's the evening time. There shall be light in the evening time. The light reflects off of the moon. So the only light that the earth sees in the night time is the moon. And we are typed as the moon and he is the sun. So therefore, let your light so shine before men. It is not uh, 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 the, the act of letting your light shine. It is simply the process of reflecting the light that is already shining through you to his elected believers, those who are elected to eternal life receive him. And he said, my sheep hear my voice, a stranger they will not follow, but my sheep hear my voice. And he manifested himself and called out the elected church. And he does the same thing to the church today to manifest himself through his beings, us, the church, the called out church. Our message, I love this, I love this phrase, our message, therefore, is truly the greatest newsflash that history's ever known. It's the greatest newsflash that history's ever known. There are a lot of newsflash is nowadays. You can you get news flashes in my phone. I don't know about you, but my phone all day long It's just blah blah blah, blah 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 just all news flashes, things I don't even care about. And now there's algorithms that determine what I need to care about. I'll leave that alone. It's the greatest newsflash that history's ever known. And there's been all kinds of make beliefs and so forth but the message the church has the greatest news flash that's ever struck the world. Yes sir, we buried him and he's up and alive again. He's dead and we buried him and now he's alive forevermore. It's truly the facts. He is not dead but he is alive forevermore. What a message. What a flash. And the church ought to be this is important. This is my underlined phrase in this quote. The church ought to be thrilled. The church should be burning this into the hearts of everybody they come into contact with. He is not dead, but he is alive. Now, I want to stop and I want to say this. This is also burning in my heart. And I've, just, I've been around to so many different uh, 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 churches have the privilege to be able to do so. And I, and I would say this as well. Uh, uh, the, in, in this, this phrase caught me the most. It says the church ought to be thrilled. The church should be burning uh, this into the hearts of everybody they come in contact with. And I believe that there is so much that can crowd your mind in the run of a day, in the run of a week, in, in, in just pandemic stuff, work stuff, whatever it may be, that it can crowd or uh, cause to be ineffective your ability to sway away way an assembly will go. In other words, you have an extreme influence within a church because everybody has to be in the same harmony that's why we sing that's why we pray is to bring everybody's minds and hearts subject to the word of god but if you come into the assembly and i've seen this all over the all over the world and i've experienced this where someone in an assembly does not want things to work out well and it affects the entirety of the assembly They could even just harbor issues with the way things are being done, right? I don't like the way that brother's being preached, and I like this brother. I don't like this. I don't like that. Criticism, all of that, which is essentially uh, items that stem from a root of bitterness, which is another issue entirely that goes deeper into the heart of the individual. But it stems out into issues and criticisms and, and complexities with how the assembly works as a whole to the point that you can't even pray that the, that the service would be effective for you and for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the church uh, can essentially come to a point where it, 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 the, the, the momentum of the Holy Ghost can be held back because not everybody is praying for the same thing. Lord, have your way in this service and please have your way in me. And let me fully lay myself down on the throne. Let there be nothing in the way. And when you do that, you will see a church service change. But the problem is, is that the world creeps into our minds so much so that we, can't, we don't even have time to pray for the service before we even go into it. And if you think back and you ask yourself, and I, I say this from personal experience because these are things that I've even dealt with myself of going back and and, and asking myself, when is the last time that I prayed for anybody else in this sanctuary while I was sitting waiting for the service to happen? When is the last time that I have actually actively pursued making this service, forget about next week, forget about last week, this service today, when is the last time that I've sat and prayed for a service that I am currently in that, Lord, You would have Your way, that Your presence would be made known, that we'd feel the effects of being message believers. The problem is is that if that is the way that, it, that it, it works in your mind or in the assembly then you can oftentimes be embarrassed or unsure or unwilling to bring others into the same assembly and I've seen this many times people essentially don't witness because they don't want to bring them to church they're embarrassed they're shamed they don't want they don't want them to experience it. And, it, and it can, it's very different. Our service, if you go to, you know, Hickory Bible Church, is very different than Hickory Bible Tabernacle. You know, the the thumping of the of the um, um, subwoofers. You know, mm, 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 you know, as soon as you even before you walk into the sanctuary. <laughs> you know, and that that can really get people hyped up, and that's really. And then when people come here and they sit, and everybody's, you know, just. And I, I, forgive me, but I'm I just again. I'm, I'm just speaking from the, the way that I've I've felt myself acting in the past. And you just you know, just uh, just barely entering in, hardly giving the Lord 30% of what you have. And then we expect it that atmosphere to change and affect other people's lives when we ourselves are not even entering in as as fully as we ought. And if there's any time that we should be doing that, it should be 2020. And when we haven't been able to even gather, but, but a few times this year, uh, uh, com- in comparatively last year, the last few years. And when we are in church, you have such a tremendous impact on how the, how the service operates. Amen. You are the light of the world. And if you come in and you think, that's just to the pastor, the pastor needs to do this and this and this and this. I don't like how that person sings. I don't like how that person. Grow up. Life is too short. The the world is in too bad of a condition to be criticizing petty things that don't matter in the long run. What matters is your soul and Jesus Christ having clean access to it. And not only in that, but in your children and in everybody else in this assembly. If there's anything that we should be putting our effort behind, it should be that. And when you do that personally, you will see the assembly being affected as a whole in its entirety. The church ought to be thrilled. The church should be burning this into the hearts of everybody they come in contact with. He is not dead, but He is alive. But I wonder how much we do it because simply we don't believe the church can actually transform a life. I wonder if it's because partly He hasn't even fully transformed yours. How can you effectively witness if you don't believe... I know that I know that the Lord has changed my life and that the message of the hour is the greatest news flash that's ever come on the face of the planet. And I am willing to endure the awkwardness of having people look around and saying, there is nobody else in this room that has pants on uh, uh, except for me and these men. Or, or uh, everybody has their hair cut. I just walked into an Amish community. And that awkwardness that they feel and everybody's looking at them and, and inviting someone in who has never experienced the goodness of, and, and uh, the, the mercy of God in an, in an atmosphere like this. And then and to hear phrases like, we should be the happiest people on the planet. And then to expect them uh, uh, to, to experience that for themselves. Now, uh, what I want you to also understand is that this is not, uh, witnessing and, and preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel is not a work of man's wisdom alone. It is a work of the Holy Ghost predominantly. It is God that calls those who He wants to be in His church. But you don't get to keep the tally of the wins and losses. This is not a win-win-lose situation. This is a win-win situation. You are simply a carrier of the light, a reflection of the light. This is not about getting people, uh, uh, uh people in seats. This is not about getting, uh, more and more people into the sanctuary so we have more people. It's not about that. It's about the God's ability to transform a life into what they were, into what we, we can be in Christ Jesus the peace and the assurity and the goodness that He offers. I'll tell you what, I, the more and more I live, the more and more confident I am in Christ, and the, 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 the less and less confidence I have in myself. And, and the more and more confidence I have in Christ, it just, it just makes me have less and less confidence in myself. And what I do and what I gravitate towards, what I say, I'm, I'm just, I just more and more, I'm thinking, Lord, I have, I, there's no way that I can do this without you. It's really not. There's, there's really no way. The Maniac of Gadara is probably not the first biblical story that you would gravitate to when you say uh, we should be a witness for the truth. But if you think about it, there's probably no better better person to choose to go back to their city and live a normal life. Not be anything special, not be anything peculiar, but just be a, a normal person, everyday job, doing everyday things and witnessing, you know what, something happened to me that is amazing and i want to tell you about it something happened to me that totally changed my life it changed the trajectory of my life a lot of people can say that but this actually this event in the maniac of gadera's life and we still call him the maniac of gadera but after that he was a normal living breathing person that had a tremendous testimony that could impact the lives of everyone that he came in contact with it was a story like like no other He he would be the least that we would think this is the person that we should we should look at. Now, in in first Corinthians, uh, uh, first Corinthians, uh, the first chapter in verse 18, it says, for preaching of the cross, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto them which are saved, it is the power of God. So the thing that you have to realize is that this and what we do, and we come and we listen to the message, we receive it, and we experience that uh, together, that is a very normal thing to you, especially if you've been raised in it. It is normal, it is not odd, it is not peculiar, but to the world it is foolishness. And the preaching of the cross is foolishness. It is strange, it is weird, it is uh, 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 abnormal. So if you are to witness to someone and say, hey, come to church with me. Uh, You know, this is how we do it, we just sit sit in church quietly. This is one thing that people miss about witnessing. They always say, yeah, come to church, and they stop. But you should always say, yeah, come to church. We just like to come and gather. Uh, we always come into church and sit quietly and, and you know, just uh, listen and, and things like that. We don't talk in the sanctuary and things like that. That actually goes a long way because the deacons have a much harder job when you have someone come in and they're, how you doing? And then everybody's looking at them, and then it makes the situation a lot awkward, awkward and, and hard. It's actually, there's a couple of things that you can do to, to witness more effectively. There, there really are. But uh, uh, keep in mind that this is uh, foolishness to those that are not. But if it, for, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world uh, uh, by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God chooses the foolish things to save them that believe. To those that don't believe, there's really not much that can be done. They knew not God. They're blinded to the the God of this evil age has blinded the eyes of them uh, to see the light. And as a reflector of the light, there's some people that you will come in contact with that you will never be able to convince this is a good thing. You have to understand that. This is not about winning and losing. This is this is a very foolish thing. The preaching of the cross—it does—it's nonsensical to the world. its, it's not about I, I want to get that person into church. I want to win that soul. It's not about that. It's about reflecting Christ's life in an everyday normal situation. It's not about now. Listen, I want I want to share with you some. Uh, Some things that I've seen in the the gospel now, the Roman Catholic Church. As soon as you mention the Roman Catholic Church, people will shut down and say, he is a crazy guy. I never start with the Roman Catholic Church. That being said, and I I believe, Brother Andy, it may have been you, but I believe Brother Anwar, the first book that he ever read was Serpent Seed, and it caught his eye, and he was lit on fire by it. And other people, they, they can read that and say, I don't want to have anything to do with that ever again. So you have to understand, this is a work of the Holy Ghost. So when you think, yes, I do want to be a witness. I do want to proclaim, as the uh, maniac of Gadara did and was commissioned to do, as it is the same commission to me, I do want to be that. I want to give you three things that you need to keep in mind when you do this. Now, I realize that lists go nowhere In most assemblies, because unless you're writing it down, which I I love note takers because I'm a note taker myself, unless you're writing them down, you'll most likely forget them after the service. So I try to make them simple, short to the point and rememberable. Number one, this is the thing that you have to have to keep in mind with the awareness and the realization that you are the light of the world. You are Christ's life displayed to a dying forsaken world. You are the only mercy and grace that they will ever experience. Think about that for a second. We say the, 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 what is, when we think in terms of what has the message of the hour done to you it should cause you to realize Brother Banham said we should be after we should be uh, uh, after winning souls and he said it should cause you to, to come to a place where you think I, I want to express the word in my everyday life. I don't want to be just a listener and a, and a hearer. I want it to have an actual effect in my life. I want it to do what, I, what, what preachers say it can do. I want it to, to do in me what, what everybody says it has the power to do. And when you have that desire, and the, the Lord, I believe that is something that the Lord can deal with. But I believe that the, the, the thing that we have to understand, and this is number one, uh, uh, is in, in, in sharing the gospel... And, and these are things that I my, myself keep in my mind. So I'm just sharing them with you. This is not a, a, a um, you know, one-and-done list. I'm a list person. This is what I do uh, in my head. So I'm just uh, giving you a glimpse into my head. A glimpse, because you don't want to go too far. Sharing the gospel, number one, you have to be yourself. Now, here's the caveat. 1963 and in Influence. But that's the reason the Holy Spirit such a definite must in this day, because it is the one that lives your life. You don't live it yourself, it's Christ in you. Then after you have received the Holy Spirit, and if he doesn't have the preeminences in your life, then you just remember you haven't received the Holy Spirit. Because if he is in you, he'll live his own life. It's you're no more your own, you're dead, and your life is hid in God. Galatians two twenty Uh, through Christ and sealed by the Holy Ghost, so there is no way at all for you to be yourself no more what you were. So when I say be yourself, you need to be who Christ has made you to be. There's a lot of aspects about yourself that the Lord is still working on. As a Holy Ghost-filled believer, uh, uh, believing the message of the hour and the last day, he, it is a constant work of the Holy Ghost to bring you into the likeness of the Son of Jesus Christ. He is constantly perfecting and working on you and changing you and molding you into His perfect will that, he, that is His Word. And so that, that constant effect, that constant moving is bringing you where you need to be. But today, God has you where He wants you to be. So be yourself. A lot of people say, uh, I, you know, I'm not as perfect. I never received as big an experience as the maniac of Gadera." And I guarantee you, you probably never will. But you have to understand that the Lord has done something for you. First of all, He's put you in this room today. As tired, as, as uh, exhausted, as... Um, Uh, whatever it may be, as as anxious as you are today, as apathetic as you are today, He's put you here. You may not care. you You may not really want to reach out and grab more of the Lord Jesus Christ. But He has you here. And who you are today, that is where He wants you to be right now. And as you begin to put one step in front of the other, as you begin to manifest your Christian life in the walk, in a normal everyday life, simply like he told the maniac of Gadara, go out and live a normal life. I just want you to be you. You're to be who God has made you to be. In other words, you can say, this is what the Lord has done for me today. This, I, 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 and, and when you express that, when you hold to, and, and, and this is also the other, the other element to being yourself, To be yourself, you you have to be in a place where you are a true witness to the truth. If you live a double life, people note that. People note that. And what I've I've really learned in my life is that if you hold true to the principles of of the message of the hour, if you hold true to the principles of Scripture and live a clean and pure and holy life, then people will note that in your life. And it it won't be easy to live it. Because it might rub against, the, uh, rub against people, it might cause issues. But later on, people say, you know what, I know that person prays. We've all heard people say that. They said, I, I know that I can have confidence in that person. For some reason, I know that I can have confidence in that person. So holding your testimony and being yourself what God has made you to be is not to compromise on the Word. It's not to, be, uh, it's not to do a bunch of things that are expedient or, or, or lawful for you without uh, 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 realizing the expedience of those items. So you can be intermingling with the world and, and totally ruin your testimony. And that's not who God wants you to be. So when I say be yourself, the most effective way to be a witness is to be who God has you to be today. So in that respect, I say, be yourself. If people can see that person is genuine, that person is, is, is who they are. And if, and if someone... If if two men can have enough courage to hold hands in public, then I think you can have enough courage to pray in public. I mean, come on. Be yourself. I think the second thing that I would say is uh, one that perhaps we're familiar with. Don't be ashamed of the Gospel. Be yourself, but also... Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Now, in in our uh, text in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 5, verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing, and it should be cast out. Now, salt is an amazing thing because when used correctly, it's awesome. But when it has sat and it's lost its ability to salt, then it's of no value. So if it can't salt something, then it just is basically useless. You just cast it aside. If it's lost its savor, if it's lost its ability to do what it's meant to do, then just throw it out because it's of no value. Uh, uh, Let me put it into a, 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 a common everyday explanation. If your Facebook feed is filled with comments where you talk about Trump more respectfully than you talk about your brothers and sisters, then you have essentially minimized your ability to have effective testimony. There's people that I've have, 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 have dealt with recently, just in different things. Not, not here, just in different things. And they talked about Trump on their Facebook page more respectfully than they talked about their own brothers and sisters. And I thought, mm, I don't want to be like that. And I don't want to have anything to do with that. If your Facebook page is filled with things that diminish your testimony's ability to effectively... Uh, 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 you know, display the life of Christ, then then you might want to check up on that. Isn't that right? I think that's fair for me to say. I think that's fair, and I think that's good for us to think about. Because if we are uh, the, the light of the world, then I think we need to take note of what we're projecting as believers. That is a fair challenge for me to give to you. But if you have that, then... Many times you can be ashamed, and, and I'll say this as well. If you feel like you, you're, you, uh, you're not as effective in your assembly as you ought to be, then you can be ashamed to bring someone into that assembly. I, more and more, I, I am more willing to say, come on to church. To people I just don't even, I don't even know. I, people I barely even uh, uh, know very well. Or people that I, I, I have met, I've known for a long time. I'm like, come to church. Because I want them to get into the atmosphere because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The the life of Christ does not come into someone because Steve is trying to witness to somebody. The life of Christ comes into them because Steve is is, is just being a, a willing reflection of the light and they can come into an atmosphere where God can affect them. It's God's job to convert a soul. It's not yours. And it's not the preachers and it's not the missionaries. It's God's job to do that. It's God's prerogative to do that. That's what he wants to do because he's not willing that anybody should perish. And if God isn't willing that anybody should perish, then neither should you. Yeah, sure. And so I, I think it's important that we say uh, we understand um, uh, that it's it's okay to invite people to church and feel awkward. It's okay for them to come into church and to be like these people are crackpots. And a lot of that goes back to a very simple scriptural principle. Are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ? Are you ashamed of Him? Are you ashamed to have someone come in and say, oh, that's, these are the script people? Or are you, are you ashamed to have someone come in and say, they're quoting this guy an awful lot? Are they, are they Mormons? You understand. I'm speaking from an external perspective because this is so normal to you, but you are the light of the world. You're commissioned to preach the gospel in the communities in which you live. And I believe that many times because of a hard church situation or a dominating personality in a community, the message, the perception of the message of the hour can be damaged within a community. And you will hear it around town. You say, oh, these are those. Do you go to a church called Hickory? Let me give you a story. I was sitting in Bob Evans, wonderful place, next to Brother Larry. And Brother Luther was across from me. We were having a men's breakfast. This was years ago. And this lady that was sitting over there with her husband, now keep in mind the sisters were over there and the men were over here at our table. And this lady and this man were sitting over there. And after they were finished their meal, they came up and this lady, she had been over to the table and she said, Are you, do you all go to Hickory Bible Tabernacle? And I said, yeah, we do. And she said, why aren't you guys sitting together? Why aren't your husbands and wives sitting together? My my and she went like this, she said, My husband and I are, are twain we were twain, we we're now one flesh. And your women are sitting over there, I think it's a shame. And she walked off. And I said, Well, I mean, you know all the you know, you you be you, we'll be us, I guess. Uh and uh, it just cracked me up. But I began to think about that. that affected me because I was, I was very young. I was, this was in the early days of, of HBT. And I, I remember that because I thought, man, I wonder how many other people she told about HBT. You understand? The, the, the perception of the message of the hour can be damaged in a community. And I, you, know who, you know how it gets fixed? You. Your behavior. Your attitude. You know how rifts between churches get fixed? By you generational issues of pastors, they can have it. Personally, as a young minister, I say it's childishness and it's foolishness and it should be done away with. I think believers should treat each other as believers. God calls some people to this assembly. God calls some people to this assembly. There's nothing wrong with that. But the way that a community acts and behaves affects the way the rest of the community perceives the message of the hour. You are the light of the world you have an effect not only on your family, but the community as a whole. And I think I think men should be witnesses and examples in their communities. Amen. I think they should be active in their communities. I, I think we should be active in, in doing things that where we can display the life of Christ Amen. that is without compromise to the Word of God. We live godly, pure, holy lives unto the Lord, but we express the life of Christ. Amen. Amen. Don't be ashamed. The third thing that I wouldn't leave with you, is that first and foremost, it's good news. The message of the hour is good news. It's the greatest news flash that's ever dawned the face of the earth. And if you have misconceptions about what the message of the hour is to you, about who Jesus Christ is to you, then you need a, a spiritual checkup. You need a good old-fashioned altar is what you need. If you are in, uh, unable to express to someone. I'm not talking about the depth of spiritual uh, understanding that you may have. I'm talking about what revelation you do have of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what you share. So it's not that you need to, And Brother Branham actually made this statement. He said uh, a lot of times if you're not a preacher, don't go and preach to somebody. He said you'll get yourself tied up and you'll get them tied up and you'll cause a mess. He said you you preach the gospel as it is as as it is given to you as as what you as Paul said in in Galatians as of what you have been assured of that you should stay with and and, and express that which you know to be the truth you stay with that and you express that you may not know uh, who the righteous rule over in the millennium uh, but, but in terms, and, and be able to discuss it with uh, you know, uh, anybody, on, on, uh, uh, and I doubt you're going to be in TJ Maxx with your Bible discussing now, I want to tell you who the righteous rule over in the millennium. And I'm not belittling, belittling that, that doctrine at all, but you understand, you don't have to be able to do that uh, like in that sense. What you have to be able to do is share, this is who the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is to me personally. That's what Brother Bantam said the the, the new birth was, essentially is the revelation of who Jesus Christ is to you personally. And when you boil it down, that's the message of the hour. That's the message of the day, is who Jesus Christ is today. And and, and He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is the redemption story of the bride. It's the greatest news flash. It's good news. But when people have the perception of, oh, those are the hair people, then you understand. You have a job to do because you have to understand. You have to help them understand. No, no, no. The message of the hour is good. It's awesome. Yeah. Once you come and experience it, you come and just, just be in church. Uh, just, you know, be quiet, be respectful, but just come to church. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to affect them. But you have to understand the way that you portray the message of the hour, the, the way that you, reflect the light, is paramount to how they perceive it. And when there's rifts within an assembly, when, when, uh, when people are are so um, uh, you know, uh, at each other in an assembly, or they're, they're, you know, the, the, the flock is, is all over the place, then that can affect the atmosphere for someone to experience when they come in. That's why it's paramount for everybody when they come through the door to come in with an attitude of, Lord, I don't want to have anything in my heart that's going to hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit today. And if there's anything wrong in my attitude, in my thinking, make it right in me today. And when you do that, you craft and you're you're allowing the Holy Spirit to craft and mold the atmosphere to be able to change not only you, but someone who has never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ before. The gospel is good news. 1956, the time is at hand. And what is it? Uh, what it is, we have to stand in, uh, in, in misery where Satan has bound us down. I like to tell the message, the good news, that Jesus come to liberate you from all of these things and, that you, uh, uh, and, and to see Him do it for so many. And I, well, I, I can't believe God to be a, a respective person. I believe He would do it for all of you who would believe it. And that's why we're here. The Gospel is good news. I think there's anything that we should keep at the forefront of our lives in in just how to witness and how effectively do it. Because sometimes we can work ourselves up into such a frenzy that we're unable to say, hey, you should come to my church. Do you have a church? First of all, do you have a church? If you don't, hey, come on. Come over to my church. And and be willing to do that, even just in the simplicity of that engagement. Uh, So many times we have to say, well, I have to teach them the message of the hour all the way through. No, it's the Holy Ghost's responsibility to teach them the message of the hour because it's the Father that brings them to the Son. It's not you. But it's you who reflects the life of Christ. And if you don't have the happiness and the joy that the Holy Spirit brings bubbling up in your life, then I think it's time to examine yourself. Be yourself. Be who God has made you to be today. Because this, this is the day, this day, and this is I love this. I, I really love saying this and sharing this with people. This, this is the day That the Lord made. God made this day. And He gave it to you. This day, as dreary as it is, is God's day. And He gave it to you to live. That is a privilege. That should make you happy. God, You gave me this day. So-and-so's got COVID. So-and-so's got COVID. More and more people will probably get COVID. But today... This is the Lord's day. I'll deal with things as they come. Because many are the afflictions of the righteous. But this day, this is the Lord's. And you know what? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You may not think that's very deep, but personally, I don't think you can get any deeper. Because that comes into the very human nature. That comes into everyday life. That comes into where it's so close to where Satan is working that it's, it's, very, it's a very difficult world to be in. In your mind, in your heart, and what, what the issues that you have, and what, what, what Christ is trying to work on in your life. And simply rising above all of that and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And you know what? I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. You won't get today ever again. Be yourself. Don't be ashamed. But remember, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of the hour, is good news. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It is good news. It can change you, and it will change somebody else. I can tell you that. Would you stand to your feet, musicians? Once you come, Brother Branham. He said in 1961, he said, "Now everybody can't be a preacher, but you got a voice. And if you can't preach the people a sermon, if you're a preacher, you're called to be a, uh, to the pulpit to preach. If you're not." You're still a preacher, but live the people a sermon. Amen. Amen. Good. Let's sing that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Let's just sing that together. Oh, because He lives. is worth the living just because you live and that phrase can can quieten and cast out a great deal of depression and anxiety just that phrase alone and lord to be able to stand in this room or to to those who are listening and to raise our hands and to say this is the day that the lord has made and i will rejoice and be glad in it not only that you saved me you've given me your grace you've extended to me your mercy divine love took its place and now I can stand and say I am, I am a work of the love of God and then not only that but you've given us the ability to go and share that with other people how great of an opportunity have you given us and how, how the realization is so true we should be the happiest people on the planet and that doesn't mean we won't have problems Lord we know that Many are the afflictions of the righteous. We know that we live in a a dying, Satan's-eaten world. But because you live, we can face tomorrow. And if there's nothing else that we can walk out of this building with today, it's that. Because you live, I can face tomorrow. Lord, I pray that you'd move through each one of our hearts, each one of our minds. And Lord, we, as people, we're just each one of us is just as crazy as the next. But there's one thing for sure. That the message of the hour gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh Lord, help us. We love you and we thank you for your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Oh, because He lives.
0: Thank you
3: this day never been a time like this time never been an hour never been a message like this one never been a a season where the pillar of fire has moved so clearly and so decisively through the word never been a time and God chose you to live in that time it's got to be a reason for that right There's got to be a reason for that, that God chose you to live in this hour, and I believe it is because He wants you to carry the message to a dying world. Remember, you're the only light that a lot of people are ever going to see. You're the only light that people will ever experience. Let's sing it today. There's never been a day.
4: of the mercies of the Lord. Shall I make done What this world could not do You saved my soul when I was lost Surely been good to me You saved my soul when I was lost Surely been good to me You saved my soul when I was lost You Surely been good to me You have done what this world could not do Oh, you healed my body when I was sick Surely been good to me You healed my body I was sick Surely been good to me You healed my body when I was sick Surely been good to me You have done what this world could not do Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord You've surely been good to me Yes, Lord, Lord, Lord You've surely been good to me Surely been good to me. You have done what
3: this world could not do. Glory to God. Are you happy that you're one of them? Are you happy that the Lord found you and saved you? I think it's a wonderful thing. I'll tell you what. I You know, I was thinking when Steve was talking here this morning, I, I, and I, I really appreciate what he had to say. I appreciate all of what he had to say. He said a lot of things. And I remember the first time that I ever walked into a message church. I remember it very well. And, uh, I, you know, I had long hair. Uh, I, I had cigarettes in my pocket and my jacket. I didn't know that I had them there. But, uh, you know, it was just uh, dressed in uh, jeans, had lots of holes in them and stuff. And, and that was not fashion back then. Uh, but, but walked into a church. And I'll tell you, I, walked, I, I went to church like that because I thought that was normal. And then when I got in church and saw these people, and they looked at me as abnormal because they had a different normal, I began to wonder immediately, what is it about these people? What have they got that I don't have? Like, what is it that changes their perspective so drastically that, that, and makes them so different? And they're happy about it. I mean, they were happy to be there. They were happy to sing. They were happy to rejoice. Uh, I, I wanted to know that. I, and I'll tell you, I was watching. And I believe in the same way people watch us. You may not think so because, you know, you just sometimes you just think, well, uh, nobody pays attention to me. I can tell you that's, that's not true. God chose you in this last day and gave you the, the light and the understanding that you have so that you could go represent Him in a world that's falling apart. And this world needs representation of the kingdom of heaven more now than ever before. And where you are, where you live, where you work, who you communicate with, who you who conduct business with, and all of that, go to school with, uh, let me tell you, you're there for a reason. God could have you anywhere else. You could have you in any other time or age or place on earth, but God's got you here for a reason. And I believe, therefore, we should take that commission of representing the kingdom of heaven very seriously because you, you definitely can have an effect on people. And I think that's a very important thing. Uh, let's let, I enjoyed the word this morning I, I learned a lot took lots of notes, and uh, I, I think we should be courageous as well i wanted to, I wanted to keep going with that little short list that he had only three points and I was thinking we should be we should be confident we should be courageous because we our message says that Jesus went to the lowest parts of hell when he died, and I was thinking this morning about why he did that. I believe that he did that because he wanted to make sure that he went to the lowest stronghold of Satan to let us know that even there, Satan couldn't hold him. That death could not hold him no matter how low he went. And he went to the lowest part, the Bible says, and death could not retain him there. Satan could not bind him there. And if that's true, there's no uh, there's no what if. Uh, You know, when you die and you think, well, what if Jesus had not gone there? Uh, What if somebody winds up there in the lowest part of hell? Hey, our message says Jesus went there. And you know what? He rose from that and came on onto the Father's throne. So there's nothing, there's nowhere that uh, life or death can take you, that can hold you. You are an eternal son or a daughter of God, and you have a destiny in a place that Satan cannot prevent. I'm glad for that. We should be courageous. We should be bold with the message that God's given to us in this last day. Because it's true, and it's right, and, and uh, it, it'll never fail. God's Word will never fail. Heavens and earth can pass away, but His Word will never fail. Let's sing that little chorus, In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified. Let's sing that together this morning. In my life,
4: Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. Again now, just make it your prayer this morning, in my life, Lord. In my life, Lord, be glorified, yes, be glorified.
3: close this morning. If you want a complimentary uh, uh, sermon to listen to, based on what was said today, I was listening coming down the road to perfect strength by perfect weakness. Brother Brandon was talking about how God doesn't pick strong people or capable people in life to do His work and to reflect the kingdom. He picks the weak and those that are inferior, those that are not Not feeling confident about themselves. He said, that's the kind of people that God chooses. And when they'll submit themselves to Him, surrender their life to Him, and surrender their all to Him, He said, then He can use those people to do great things. So you don't have to be great, and you don't have to be uh, talented or gifted very much uh, in in order to be a representative of the kingdom. You just need to give what you have to God, and watch what He does with it. Heavenly Father, as we bow our hearts and our heads before you, Lord, we realize that we who live in this last day, and we who live in a world that's falling apart and it's obvious, and Lord, things are just degrading to the point where many people, Lord, in this world are becoming desperate. And Lord, the end time events are just falling into place just exactly as they are. And, Lord, now we have a second Catholic president. And so many things, Lord, just lining up prophetically. Lord, it stirs in our hearts, Lord, to think about the responsibility, the grave responsibility you've given to us. Because you put a message on our lips. You've caused us to eat the book and to prophesy again. And, Lord, may we not be reluctant to testify. And Lord, if necessary, may we use words, because our life is a bigger testimony, a louder testimony than even what we would say. I pray, dear God, continually that you would shape us and mold us and deal with us in such a way that we would continually have a heart for you, and that, Lord, we would be quick to speak about the the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we not hold back. May we not be reluctant at all. But Lord, may we be confident and bold. I pray, to dear Lord Jesus, that You would just minister to every heart. Stir in our hearts today, Lord. Challenge us, I pray. As Lord, You promised us in the last day You would give us a word to speak. You would put a word in our mouth. And I pray, dear God, that we would be sensitive to that. Lord, today we're reminded of that. We're challenged by that. And I just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just just stir in our hearts, Lord. I believe that this town, this area, Lord, needs a great witness. It needs a true witness of the truth of this last day. Lord, bless Brother Steve and Sister Sarah and the work that they're doing. And and Lord, in the challenges that they face, which are unique, I just pray that you would give them strength and wisdom and guidance, Lord, in the days ahead. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing he is to us. And, now Lord may you just bless our assembly guide us in your will and Lord I pray that you would lead us according to the program of God the, the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit that has brought us this far and I believe will bring us all the rest of the way we love you Lord we thank you for your many blessings we thank you for how, you're, how you provide and Lord may now you just minister to every heart and soul as we leave today we bless your name and we give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. And all God's people said, amen. You're welcome to stay if you'd like to sing and worship just a little bit. It's, it's such a, a nice atmosphere here. And we're going to use both doors. So if you're on this side, we'll go out that way and the other door for the other half. And uh, may the Lord bless you. We'll see you here again on Wednesday night. And uh, may God bless you and protect you over this week. And. Uh, just be praying for those who uh, need God's help and God's, uh, God's touch for sure. God bless you as you go this morning. Let's sing that little chorus uh, as we as we leave. God Still Moves. C, I think it is. Just leave it in C. God still moves.
4: God still moves. In the hearts of His people Aha!